I can invite you to be stand, remain standing, please, for this morning's scripture reading, which comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, and then we'll read a short verse from Acts, chapter 14. John writes this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word was with God in the beginning. Everything came into being through the Word, and without the Word, nothing came into being. What came into being through the Word was life. And the life was the light of for all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness doesn't extinguish it. And then finally from Acts chapter 14, verses 8 through 20. In Lystra there was a certain man who had lacked strength in his legs. He had been crippled since birth and had never walked. Sitting there, he heard Paul speaking. Paul stared at him and saw that he believed he could be healed. Raising his voice, Paul said, Stand up straight on your feet. He jumped up and began to walk. Seeing what Paul had done, the crowd shouted in the Lyconian language, The gods have taken human form and come down to visit us. They referred to Barnabas as Zeus and to Paul as Hermes, since Paul was the main speaker. The priest of Zeus, whose temple was located just outside the city, brought bulls and wreaths to the city gates, along with the crowds he wanted to offer sacrifices to them. When the Lord's messengers, Barnabas and Paul, found out about this, they tore their clothes in protest and rushed out into the crowd. They shouted, People, what are you doing? We are humans too, just like you. We are proclaiming the good news to you. Turn to the living God and away from such worthless things. He made the heaven, the earth, the sea, and everything in them. In the past, he permitted every nation to go its own way. Nevertheless, he hasn't left himself without a witness. He has blessed you by giving you rain from above as well as seasonal harvests and satisfying you with food and happiness. Even with these words, they barely kept the crowds from sacrificing to them. Jews from Antioch and Iconium arrived and won the crowds over. They stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing he was dead. When the disciples surrounded him, he got up and entered the city again. The following day he left with Barnabas for Darby. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. If I can invite you to be seated, please. <clears throat> it's good to be here with you all this morning, and it's good for us to come together as we begin a great fall with God willing school in session and students with their classmates and with their teachers. Uh, this morning we're going to be beginning a new sermon series on the Apostles' Creed as we walk through Paul's letters to the church in Thessalonica. I began to realize, and as I was reading these letters, it dawned on me or it was just reinforced to me how important it is for us as followers of Jesus to know the basics of the Christian faith so that we can know what we believe, we can know who we are, and even more importantly, we've thought about the words that we often recite each and every Sunday as part of the worship service. And so as we saw this, saw this past summer, as we read from the, the letters to the Thessalonians, Paul taught and he reinforced to the Thessalonians that they needed to know the essentials of the Christian faith. For him, it was so that they could live in response or so that they could have a response to what they were facing and what was being challenging to them, what they were struggling with. And so that they could rely on the grace of God. And so as we saw and as we have seen, Paul taught and continued to share this message. 
whether it was through the letters or whether he was in person talking to individuals who may have been witnesses, who may have been messengers, and who went back to these churches to share. And so as followers of Jesus, the world that you and I live in is the same world that Paul and the apostles lived in. It's different, but it's not necessarily different when we consider that at its core, there are still humans that are interacting with each other, choosing to be in relationship. There is still, you know, weather, there is still all of these things that happen. And so at its core and at its foundation, you and I face the same temptations that face the earliest Christians. They might have different names. We face the same challenges. But at its root and at its core, you and I are in the same position and in the same place that the earliest Christians were in. And so like them, we face challenges as well. And keeping true to our faith and in, in resisting the, the different idols, whatever they are, the different teachings, the different practices that confront who you are and confront what you believe as a follower of Jesus Christ. And so we're going to be looking at the Apostles' Creed because I think it's an essential thing for you and I to, to look at and to be able to claim in who we are as followers of Jesus Christ and in what we believe. Because our world is no different than the world of the earliest church. I mean, we do have the benefit of not experiencing persecution from, from just gathering together like we read about in the underground church in Afghanistan or in other places of the world like China. But at its foundation, you and I still have to find and place ourselves and be reminded and reinforced and strengthened on the basics of faith, which are our foundation of who we are and of how we relate to God. So quick overview of the Apostles' Creed, because I know for many of us, if I start reciting it and invite you to join along with me, you'd be able to follow along probably from memory. That is, until we get to whether we go the ecumenical Apostles' Creed or the traditional, you know, it's either God does the quick and the dead, or not the quick and the dead. I just forgot the words. Um, the living and the dead. Although my favorite, I like the quick and the dead because it makes me think of like a Clint Eastwood Western movie. Um, <clears> okay, <throat> right, so... Uh, the, the Apostles' Creed, if you look at it, at its simplest form, contains 12, cre 12 statements of faith. And so as you and I recite the words of this creed, we are saying 12 different things that what we believe and what we consider to be essential as followers of Jesus Christ and as Christians. And so as we recite these statements of faith as individuals and as a group, we state the very same faith that the earliest Christians that would have heard the, the, the teaching of Paul and of Peter and of James and of Andrew and of all the others that you can think of, we share that same faith with them. Whether it's the apostles themselves, whether it's the earliest Christians that we read about in history books, you and I join that unending line of people that have heard the word of Jesus Christ and have come to believe and have come to carry that belief into the life and to share it with others. There's a neat thing about the Apostles' Creed. 
If you read it and if you look at the 12 statements of faith, every one of these statements of faith is biblical. So there isn't any statement of faith that you could look at and you can kind of go, well, maybe it's not biblical. Every one of them can be found and reinforced in the Old and New Testament. And so the words of this faith, or creed, reflect the faith of the apostles, the faith that was carried to the earliest Christians. And basically, they summarize the 66 books of the Bible, the 1,189 chapters, and the over 31,000 verses of the Bible. You know why it's, it's, it's random, the thir- over 31,000? Because it depends on the translation you read. Sometimes they combine verses a little bit. But essentially, we know that the Apostles' Creed takes the Bible and presents it into a statement of faith into 12 different passages that you and I can say are essential and we can believe and we can share in with each other. So a quick tradi- or history on this, this statement of faith. It's existed since the beginning. When people began to gather together as followers of Jesus Christ. Tradition says that this this creed was comprised or, or composed by the apostles themselves. And so tradition says that each of the apostles, whether it's any one of the twelve there, that each of them contributed a statement of faith before they went on to wherever it was that God was leading them to serve as missionaries. And so whether it was Peter or James or John or Andrew or Philip or any of the ones, each of them contributed a line, and then they went out. And this map shows you where the different apostles are said by tradition to have gone and to have carried the gospel of Jesus Christ and where they they planted and and reinforced and encouraged the church wherever they ended up. So tradition says that. It's probably a stretch. We don't really know the authors of this creed, but what we do know is that the earliest Christians were baptized on Easter Sunday and that every one of them answered the questions posed in the form of the Apostles' Creed before they were baptized. And so as part of that service, they were asked, do you believe in God the Father Almighty? They would say yes. Do you believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who was born of the Holy Ghost and of the Mary the Virgin, who was crucified under Pontius Pilate and died and rose on the third day, living from the dead, and descended into heaven and sat at the right hand of the Father and will come again to judge the quick and the dead? And they would say yes. Do you believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit Church, and the resurrection of the flesh? And they would say yes. Obviously, these are ancient questions that you and I read and recite in a kind of more contemporary format. But in these questions, we read and we recite and we share together in the Apostles' Creed. As people of faith for generations, including each of us, have said, I believe. I believe, and I believe. Now the reason for forming a creed, friends, is because the Christian church, as we've seen, has always faced challenges. In 144, there was a man named Marcion who began teaching that that God the Father 
of the, Old, of, G, of the New Testament was not the same God as God of the Old Testament. And so he believed that the Old Testament God, we, you and I should call him Jehovah, which is the Hebrew name for God, and that Jehovah was, was not a God of love and forgiveness, but Jehovah simply created, and that he was evil or, or ignorant about humanity and our sinfulness. And so Marcion also taught that God the Father who came down in Jesus was a God of love. So he was saying you have God who is a God of judgment, and then there's God who's a God of love, and they're separate. And so he came to understand that by doing what we remember in our history books here in the United States, you know, the Jefferson Bible, and selectively choosing in the Bible what passages of Scripture were pertinent and important, getting rid of, of, of books of the Bible altogether, and selectively deciding what Scripture was important in order to, in order to reinforce his belief and his theology. So, for example, he only used certain portions of the Gospels. He primarily used the Gospel of Luke. And in his preference, in the New Testament, he read the book of Acts and some of Paul's letters. And so, Marcion became a threat to the Christian church because he began to gain a following. And as his followers began to grow, here's where it became an issue, is he also began to organize and create a structure, and organize a church, and and create church governance, and, and process. And so this began to compete, and so it caused the leaders of the church to step back and to say, what are the essentials of faith? What are the essentials of faith that we have been taught by God and by Jesus Christ? And so the fruit of their gathering was the Apostles' Creed that you and I read today. So essentially that's, you know what, 150? 144, 150 A.D. And in a nutshell, this is what it says when you and I say these words. Is that God is first. Is that God creates. Is that God sends Jesus. Jesus is born. Jesus, is, Jesus dies. Jesus is resurrected. And then the Holy Spirit dawns on the church in its life, or essentially God sends the Holy Spirit to accompany and to be with the church. Friends, if you're going to put the Christian faith or or the faith as a whole that you and I share in on a note card, you could put, how many are there? One, two, eight, right? Seven. You could put these seven statements of faith And it's a summary of what we believe as followers of Jesus Christ and of what we believe as as people of faith and of what we believe as Christians. And so today we're just going to spend a few minutes talking about the very first statement of faith, which says, I believe in God the Father, the Almighty Creator of heaven and earth. At its core, the creed centers around the uh, the Trinity and, and what and how God has chosen to relate to us as people of faith. Of how God has chosen to relate to us, being God the Father, and then Jesus the Son, and then uh, through the Holy Spirit. And so we could say that God is God the Father, God is God the, Jesus, God the Son, and God is God the Holy Spirit. Because God has chosen to relate in us in these different ways, even being the same person. And so the words of this creed are distinctly Christian. You can't say, I believe in God the Father, and claim it to be from some other faith. Because the Christian faith is the only faith. 
where you and I are able to make this claim and to see how God has sent himself in the Son, or how God has chosen to relate to us through the gift of his Spirit. And so in these words, what do we say? We say God is Father Almighty, and we say that God is Creator. In the way that He has chosen to be in relationship with us. And so as we begin the words of the Creed each Sunday, as we talk and as we share and as we recite them together, we are reminded of the very nature of God, that God is not distant, God is not far, that God has chosen to be, to be more than just someone who watches you from far away. He's chosen to be someone who does more than just creates and then leaves the creation to fend for itself. God has chosen to be in relationship with each of you. And He's chosen to do it not as someone who's just a friend, not as someone who's just an associate, but God has chosen to be in relationship with you as a father. And He's done that because He has created each of us and because of the depth of His love for each of us God is Father, and God is the Father of Jesus, and as Father of Jesus, He is Father of each of us. All right, so here's where one of the, the challenges to this statement that we read in the Apostles' Creed. When I went to seminary 20 years ago, that sounds a long time, um, I remember being surprised in, in one of my first seminary classes when a professor said, God isn't to be referred to as Father. Don't burn me at the stake. Okay. Um, and so the explanation for this change was, was not that because God was no longer Father, what, but was because some people's experience in their relationship with their Father, they cannot look at and see it as a positive. And so it could have been abuse or just someone who was absent in their life or some other experience that was negative. And so instead they said, use the word Creator. With all respect to everyone's experience to their fa- with their fathers and with earthly fathers, this is wrong. Because the fatherhood of God speaks to the very nature of God and how He has chosen to relate to each of you. Friends, it's who God is. I don't know how we can read the Gospels and read in, in, for example, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 22, verse 42, where Jesus goes with his disciples into the Garden of Gethsemane. He tells them to pray, wait here while I go further into the Garden to pray. And what is one of the words that Jesus uses when he talks to God? Does he not say, Father, if it's your will, take this cup of suffering away from me? However, not my will, but your will must be done. Jesus directly related to God in this same capacity, in this same way that you and I are able to do so. Think about at the beginning of the Gospels when Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist. What does God say? God says, this is my son with whom I am pleased. Does God not use the same idea of relationship that we Jesus himself uses in response and to, to God's very act? See, the scripture shows us that. And the scripture also tells us that you and I are also the chosen ones of God who are created by God, who are loved by God, and and who can call on God in the same way. In the same way that Jesus himself was able to call on God. See friends, there's so much reassurance in that. In that knowing, in that having the knowledge that you and I can utter the same words that Jesus Christ said to God in our prayer 
in knowing that we can say the same words to God, Father, if it's your will, take this cup. If not, you know, however. Not my will, but your will be done. And we know the truth of that is that sometimes we pray that prayer and we're really praying that God does something different than what happens. But see, we can pray that prayer and we can know that in whatever happens, that your ability to speak to God and God hears your words in the very same way that He heard in the ability that He heard the words of Jesus Christ, who is the Son of God, who is resurrected, who's everything, who's God Himself. See, Jesus shows who God is. And so when you and I call God Father, we acknowledge the love of God. We acknowledge the, the nurture of God. We acknowledge the protection of God. We acknowledge the way that God has, has brought us into His home as part of His family. And so for us to call God Creator isn't wrong. It's acknowledging what God is doing. God is created and is creating. Calling God Creator uh, tells us what God can do. But it's not a substitute for how God has chosen to love you. And it's not a substitute for telling and explaining how God has chosen to crucify His Son so that He would be resurrected. Not because God needed to do it, but because you and I needed forgiveness, right? So friends, when we say this word, when we say God the Father Almighty, we're saying that, that God is calling us His Son or His daughter. And that we in turn are responding by, by acknowledging that relationship back to Him. The second part that we look at is, is where it says, Creator of heaven and earth. You know, we read at the beginning, or we read, you know, from John chapter 1 where, where it says, In the beginning it was the Word, the Word was made flesh, the Word was with God in the beginning. All things through, were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made. That takes us back to Genesis 1 where we read a story of God's creating action and of way that God has chosen to create. But by calling God Almighty, we're going beyond just saying that God created things. We're acknowledging that God has taken us who are very simple things, who are very ordinary things, who at our root, you know, elemental core are not worth much. And He's taken us. In the metaphor of the potter in the book of Isaiah is lumps of clay and He has made us into something that He considers and He treats as valuable. So friends, when we call on God who is almighty, we're reminded that at our core, we are very little. But at, its core, God, at His core, God is everything. We are reminded that, that we are a blip on this earth considered to, to how short our time really here is compared to, to the way that God has chosen to be in relationship with this earth and with humanity forever. And yet we're still reminded that God loves us still. In the book of James, James writes, What is your life? In chapter 4, verse 14. What is your life? You are a mist. That it appears for a while and then vanishes. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. I don't know about you. In a world that tells us that, that everything is to revolve around us, that all the choices we make are the most important ones, 
that we are the center of everything, it's kind of humbling to read those words, isn't it? Friends, there's something valuable in viewing life the way that you and I are able to do as followers of Jesus Christ and as Christians. There's something valuable in us realizing that in the grand scheme of things, our time here is short, and so all we can do is live each and every day in response to the grace that God has given us in the way that we have chosen to share our faith, in the way that we choose to serve others, in the way that we choose to, to carry this, this message, this resurrection, this hope that God has given us to others. We recognize that this, our time on this earth is short. It can't be prolonged. And so all we can do is live each day to the fullest in, in our relationships and in our friendships and in the way that, that we choose to live in response to the grace that God has given us. And that flies d- directly in, in contrast to everything else we've heard. Messages that tell us that that we have the power to do everything. We have the power to explain everything. But when we call that God is creator, we realize and we recognize that there's still a lot of mystery in this art world. And at least we can get assurance by realizing and explaining that that mystery is God who works. Who spoke and everything was created who's the same God who is our Father who calls us to be in relationship with Him. Friends, in the words of the Apostles' Creed, we have to make sure our faith is set on God who is Lord of everything, who created, who breathes into us the breath of life, and who sends to us His Son so that we would be in relationship with Him and with each other. God is not a divine vending machine whereby we put in the right words and out come the blessings. God is God who loves you like a father, who is almighty and who gives you more than you could ever imagine or fathom. He is the eternal king and he is yours and you are his. Psalm 100 verse 3 says, Know that the Lord is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Amen.